What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arnika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today we're talking about movements to help stabilize your hips. So today's episode is inspired by this term I've been hearing a lot recently in the office, and that term is loosey-goosey. I've had multiple patients tell me that they have been told that their hips or that they are what they described of that professional, whoever, as loosey-goosey. Most of these people were moms, but their kids ranged anywhere from like a year old to like 20, you know, adults. And though they did have some mobility issues, most of them had hip stability problems. So we worked a lot on hip control and coordinating our hip control with our deep core movements. If you are someone who's maybe been described or maybe even you describe yourself and your hips as loosey-goosey and you wanted to get stronger, just gain better control of them, then this episode's for you. Tune in as we talk about ways to help stabilize your hips and feel stronger and of course in more control of your body. So let's get started. So a couple things we're going to talk about. One, we're going to talk about full range of motion and the purpose and function of the hip. We're going to talk about how to activate muscles surrounding the hip. And then last but not least, I'm going to give you some movements to help with your hip stability so you can add into your movement routine. So without getting too nerdy, let's talk a little bit about the range of motion and the the purpose of our hip. So the purpose or function of our hip joint is truly to provide balance and stability. And it literally is the connection between our lower extremity, so our leg and our axial skeleton, which is made up of our spine, all right? It is a ball and socket joint, and it moves in so many different directions, so many different planes. Now, I know we're talking about hip stability, but the biggest thing you have to understand is you have to be able to have full range of motion in your hip, so full hip mobility, before we can create functional hip stability, all right? We can't build on a faulty foundation. So our hip needs to be able to move, pain-free in six of these directions, all right? So first one, flexion. So this is when you bring your knee towards your chest. That is when we do hip flexion. You experience this a lot in a lot of core exercises. So think when you're doing bicycles, that's hip flexion. When you're doing anything that involves marching in place, that's bringing your knee towards your chest, so like towards your trunk. We have about three muscles that does this motion hip flexion for us. But one of the ones that you most likely have heard the most about is our psoas muscle. That psoas muscle is a pesky thing and it's attached. If we were to remove our stomach, our intestines, all the things from the front of our body, it is attached to the front of our low back spine or our lumbar spine and attaches at the butt on the front of our pelvis. All right. Now, most of us, when we're experiencing tightness in this muscle, we grab our back. But the reality is it is shortened and tightened in the front of our body. Our psoas muscle is a hip flexor. And when that bad boy is tight, it definitely not only affects that, but it starts to affect our back and other parts of our body. All right. Let's move on to hip extension. Okay. The main muscles that do this movement are our glute maxis, maximus, so our, our donk, all right, our biggest glute, and our hamstrings. Think about how important that is when we're doing things like walking or running and we have to push off. Anything that involves our leg being behind us, that is hip extension. 
Next, we have hip adduction, all right? This is when we're bringing our leg closer to the midline or closer to our body. Now, when people have experienced groin pulls or strains, if you're like me, back in high school, every basketball season, because obviously I was not taking care of my body enough and someone wasn't giving me the guidance that I have now, I would always pull my groin. That's how I would know that it was what we called hell week or conditioning week, which is like the week before basketball season started where we know that every day we were running. My groin was the one injury that every season I pulled. Didn't matter. To me, I was like, yep, that's how I know that we're running. That's how I know we're getting back into shape because I pulled this muscle. Well, our groin is made up of multiple muscles. We actually have an adductor group, all right? And all of these muscles play a role into bringing your leg closer to your midline. So if we sprain or pull or stretch these things too much, it can cause a little pulling or irritation in the inner part of our thigh. All right. Next, we have abduction or abduction. This is when we move the leg away from the midline, so away from the body. Our main muscles that do that are our glute medius and our glute minimums. We have three glute muscles, our glute maximus, which is our big one on our back, our glute medius and minimus, which are smaller ones that live on our side. So when we think about things that involve us opening up our legs or moving in this lateral plane, these are the muscles that play a huge role into that. And we're going to talk about some movements we're going to do later that's truly going to affect those muscles. We have two more movements. Can't forget about rotation. So hip external rotation. This is the position where your knee is on the outside, your foot is on the inside. So if you're someone who likes to sit in a figure four or maybe a pigeon stretch, that is the idea that is hip external rotation. All right. We have multiple external rotators that sit deep in our butt. Literally, if we were to remove our glute, that is where they sit. Connected from our sacrum, which is this triangular bone outside to our hip. They are short external rotators. And then we also have gluteal muscles. All of those muscles combined play a role in hip external rotation. Now, nine times out of 10, when I see a person, specifically these ones who described their hips as loosey-goosey, external rotation was not their problem. If they did have any type of limitation in the range of motion, internal rotation is where the issue lies, all right? So the last position, last direction of movement is internal rotation. That's where our knee is closer to our midline and our foot is outside. Now, muscle that's important to help this is gluteus medius, okay? So we really need to work on internal rotation as well as external rotation. And of course, I got some movements to help with that. Now, I got three things that are super important that I want to bring up as we talk about how to activate the muscle surrounding your hip. Now, I only gave you a few a short list of the muscles that are surrounding your hip and the role that they play in whatever direction or plane we need that hip to go. But the one thing that they all have in common is these three things I'm about to mention to you. And that is super important on how we start to activate those muscles. We need to make sure that you feel the muscles that you're actually trying to engage. That's the first step. If you're not feeling what we're trying to engage, then we need to change the position, bring in some more tools or props in order to help with that. Now, in the office, if I'm working on trying to engage or fire a muscle that a patient just hasn't fired, it's not just finding that, that neuromuscular connection right then, then we do different things to assist. I have rock tape that I use in the office. I use cupping and dynamic cupping. I, use, I even use grasping tools with a certain stroke and the speed in order to help them make that connection from their brain to that muscle that I need them to use. Now, if you're at home, 
I know you don't have these things, but you can use things like resistance bands, yoga blocks, things like that to help just cue your body to feel the muscle that we're trying to feel. You'll see in a couple exercises that I'm going to describe later that resistance band and yoga blocks definitely play a role in that and to help you feel things like your glute maximus, your glute medius, or even your internal rotator muscle, so that adductor and glute medius group. All right. Next, second thing, you have to engage the muscles in different positions, okay? One of the things that I tell all my patients is that you didn't get injured on my table and you're not going to heal on one. The biggest thing we do after we do the soft tissue work, after we do the adjustment, is standing you up and putting you in a specific position to load the area that we're working on. Now, there are so many different positions that I can put your body in, whether you're laying prone, which is face down, whether you're laying supine, which is face up, are you on your side, are you on all fours, like in a quadruped position, are you in a staggered stance, are you standing straight up? All of these positions play a role into how muscles are firing and how well things are coordinating with each of those muscles. So as you'll see in some of the movements I'm going to give you later, they're going to be movements in different positions. Some are going to be standing. Some may be prone. Some may be on our side. That is to make sure that, one, we are firing the muscles that we need to, we're engaging the ones that we need to, and that we're putting a different stimulus and stress on those muscles in different positions. That's so important because we don't live our life in just one singular plane. Okay. And the third and final thing I want to mention is that we have to have proper breathing and bracing techniques. If we're not learning how to breathe properly, if we're not learning how to brace properly, then whatever we're working on is not going to stand. We're still building on a faulty foundation. Our hip muscles have a direct connection to our pelvic floor and other parts of our core. If you can't breathe, if you can't brace, then we can't create what's called proximal stability. And that comes from our spine. If we can't create proximal stability from our spine, there's no way that we can do that in our hips. So make sure we learn how to stabilize from within, from that spine, from our core, before we start moving away from that, which is our hips, okay? Now, I hope I didn't nerd out too much. I definitely have some movements that I'm going to list. Not going to describe because it's easier shown in the video, but there are some movements that I'm definitely going to make sure that I tag at the bottom of our episode notes, okay? I have a movement in there for glute activation. It shows you a couple things that I would change in this glute bridge in order to make sure you're feeling it in your glutes. We throw a band in there to add in some banded glute bridges. We're going to do some side plank clamshells. We're going to do a standing clamshell. We're going to do a bird dog focusing a lot on our lower body, making sure that we hit what we call our posterior oblique, which is that glute in the opposite side lat. And last but not least, we're going to do a 90-90 with an internal lift, making sure that one, our hips are mobile, but we can also engage our glute meat in order to create that internal rotation of our hip. As I said, I will tag all those videos in the episode notes, and I want you to figure out what movement works best for you and add it into your movement routine. These are things you want to do before you work out, before you train, just to get those muscles moving and engaging and joining the party. All right. Now, as always, I hope that you found this information super valuable. All right. I hope that you're getting a lot from these episodes. As always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better and be resilient. I'll holler at y'all in the next episode.